Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santorelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to do the additional review of the Fed Up uh, podcast, the viral podcast. They came out with an episode seven that was basically some experts discussing the topic and, you know, poking holes and just discussing, you know, whose side they're on and and really just everything about the the series. So I will get into that in just a second. Uh, but I did want to give a quick recap of my vacation. I'm freshly back from vacation and also my deposition that was yesterday. Uh, no good news for the deposition as, as uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't a deposition, it was a mediation. And that ended with no outcome. Of course, this massive operator <clears throat> who's been trying to destroy our business, my other business, um, they offered us a fraction of what they owe us. And so we have to go into arbitration next. So I will be taking a deposition soon. But um, you know, it's going to get prolonged for another three months, probably. So that should be fun to stress out the next few months and wait for that. But uh, that will come eventually. Uh, but I am fresh off my vacation. I was in Maine and Canada visiting family. Um, and it was it was amazing. Uh, the weather was gorgeous. It was so beautiful. We really lucked out. And um, we took a red eye, which I don't love to do. I usually can't sleep on a plane. Um, but we did have a lot of points uh, from, you know, furnishing our house. So we did use points to book first class. Uh, first class was not the experience that I thought it would be. Um, but it definitely was nice to have the extra leg room. Uh, so uh, they did uh, not transfer my bag to the second plane, of course. So we landed in Portland, Maine, and I was did not have one of my the large bag that I had checked. Um, I was smart enough to pack some belongings into my smaller bag. Unfortunately, I forgot sunscreen, so I had to buy sunscreen when I got there. Um, but anyway, it did get delivered later that night, so that was fine. But Portland was so gorgeous. If you haven't visited Maine, Portland is is really the best city in Maine. Uh, it's got incredible restaurants, bars. It's cobblestone. It's right on the ocean. It's it's beautiful. It's a really really great city. So we walked around. We went to breweries. We stopped at this pizza place that was supposed to have amazing pizza. We had a slice. It was okay. Um, one of the highlights was this restaurant that we went to called Crispy Guy. My sister had recommended it and it was really good. It was an Asian uh, fusion kind of restaurant. And I had this cabbage salad and this, they were, they're known for their fried chicken. And it's, they bring, uh, they bring you all kinds of Asian sauces that you can dip it in. It's, it's probably the crispiest chicken, fried chicken you'll ever eat in your life. Um, so that was really good. The cocktails are really unique and delicious. And then we went to this place called 12, which my sister again recommended. My sister's a concierge in Maine. So she, um, she knows all the good spots. And one of her, her roommates, she has this roommate that lives with her part of the year. Uh, his, his name's Rob. He's, he's one of the, he's like kind of a, like a famous bartender, if you will, in Maine. And his sister is also really well known for, um, being, um, they've won awards for mixology. And so they opened this 
an incredibly beautiful new, very high-end restaurant called 12. And it's known for great cocktails, prefix menu, um, you know, famous chefs from around the world. And so we were planning on eating there. We were just going to go for a cocktail because we ate at Crispy Guy and then, and then walked over there. Um, but we couldn't resist this lobster roll on a croissant. Now, at first you picture a croissant. This was unlike any croissant you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it was homemade. It took three days for them to make this croissant. It was crispy and buttery and flaky. And, and then the lobster was in it and, oh. OMG. It was the best lobster roll I've ever eaten in my life. And a lot of times those really high-end restaurants don't get it right, but this one, this one got it right. So if you, if you visit Portland, Maine, I do recommend 12. Um, so that was really fun. And we ended up going home after that. Uh, we stayed at a beautiful hotel, the Portland Harbor Hotel, and then got up in the morning and went to Standard Bakery, my favorite bakery, and got tons of pastries and croissant, more croissants. Uh, this one was filled with asagio cheese and prosciutto and um, oatmeal cookies and oh, just all kinds of really delicious bakery items. I did get a ton of activity and we walked miles in Portland. Uh, we went home with all the baked bakery goods and I went kayaking and paddleboarding and swimming on the pond we live on. And, um, and then mom, my mother made this, um, like a grilled pork chop with this, um, this sauce that she had gotten from this, uh, or she had made it from this cookbook that this Mexican cookbook. And so she made a really delicious home cooked meal. Um, so that was, that was really nice. And, um, and I had been, if anybody, any of you follow me on social media, I kept posting about this restaurant that I was so excited to go to. And, and what happens when you get your expectations too high? Of course, you're always disappointed. So that's exactly what happened here. Um, and I've been to the re this restaurant many, many, many times and the food is delicious. And I just kept posting about it. I was doing this countdown to this primo restaurant and yeah, it was, it was a really disappointing meal, unfortunately. Uh, well, first of all, my sister took us to this beautiful, um, rooftop bar in Camden, Maine. Again, if you follow me on Instagram, I have pictures of it. We got a couple cocktails on the rooftop and had a couple appetizers, which were nice. And then we went over and met my parents. Now, Vanessa's boyfriend was supposed to come and he literally tested positive for COVID that day. And so she was really upset. And I mean, he is fine. It's really like a cold, but you know, it was just unfortunate that he couldn't come. But we did go to Primo. Now, Primo has, you know, the they it's farm to table. They have the farm in the back, in the in the back. And you know, I'm one of those people that I like to try something new, and that does bite you in the ass sometimes when you're just determined to have something different. Um, so we started. Now, I had been fantasizing about these sausage stuffed olives that are deep breaded and deep fried that they sometimes have as a bar snack, and usually they'll make them when you, you know, if you're a regular and you specially request them, but they were unwilling to make them for me that night. Now, I was a little cranky about that, but what are you going to do? You know, it's, it's COVID times. They're probably short staffed. And so it, it was what it was. So I didn't have that. They ordered, let's see, we had this like 
appetizer type pizza thing that was it was it was good it was nothing to write home about um the sal i had a salad that was good it was decent uh they did give us a free appetizer that was like this pasta that was i mean again it was it was good it was okay it just it was nothing like too special and then for my main course i made the mistake of ordering the salmon now i was gonna order the pork salt and boca and i'd had it before and i knew i loved it but of course i was determined to try something new and i love salmon and they had this dish with these cat uh, what they called cavus Cavell's Astrano olives. I forget the name of them, but they're my favorite olive. So I got sold on the olive and salmon combo. And it just, the, the whole dish, it like lacked flavor. There was no sauce. I mean, it had a ton of vegetables, which I usually like, but these vegetables were not well prepared. They, I don't know. I, I didn't like, I, I literally took the tiniest bite of it. And I know I could have sent it back. I could have returned it for the pork, but my sister would have like had a had a she would not have been pleased with that at all um and so you know i sucked it up we did order bread so i filled up on bread and pizza and salad and whatever it was fine but lesson learned do not get your expectations too high because they will be dashed to the to the to the ground so so that was my birthday dinner my disappointing birthday dinner and then we ended up driving up to quebec city after that and we, again, the weather was gorgeous. We stayed at a beautiful hotel. It was um, Auberge Saint Antoine. And um, my stepfather let us use his Jaguar, which was really fun to drive in. And, um, and so my boyfriend, Chad, had never been to Canada. So we were excited to try the poutine. And if anybody doesn't know what poutine is, it's French fries with gravy and cheese curds. It's a very light meal, low carb, as you can tell, uh, but really, really good. So we get there. Now, we left at like 7 in the morning so we could get there early. And I just had a protein shake uh, that morning, just like a really like simple, like pre-mixed protein shake. And then, and there was no food on the way, really. I mean, I didn't want to stop and eat something from a convenience store. So I waited till we got up there. And, you know, by the time we checked in, got there. It was like almost 1 p.m. So, and I was famished. And of course, this is my special birthday trip where I want to eat, you know, interesting, unique food everywhere and take pictures and get the content and just experience new cuisine. And so I was really looking forward to, I was looking forward to going to some restaurants, having some cocktails, having some appetizers and getting a different like little snack or appetizer at each place. And my boyfriend was excited about going to his breweries. Like he's loves his beer. He loves breweries. And so I, I did want to have a balance of the two. And so, but first we, like, we had to find a place where we could eat and, and have a drink. And the, and the breweries were going to be like way on the other side of town. So I'm like, well, let's start to walk towards the breweries, but walk through this old section of Quebec and see if we can find a place to eat and get a drink. And so we finally found this place that looked good. It looked like the, they had really good poutine. So we sat down and I didn't want to fill up too, too much. Like I didn't want to order like a big heavy meal. So I just ordered this little French onion soup, which I love. And it was delicious. And, and, you know, I was like, okay. And, and Chad got uh, some poutine, which was really good. I mean, they had like this like sliced hot dog on top 
which was weird. It was like a sausage type hot dog, but like everybody, every restaurant we found had kind of like a little slightly different version of poutine. Um, this one was good. The French fries were really delicious, but the hot dog was weird. Um, but anyway, so we had that like little snack and me, of course, again, getting my expectations up thinking like I'm going to be able to eat a little something at each place. Well, now we're like in between meal times. It's like 2 p.m., you know, and, and so we walk another 30 minutes over to this brewery and we get in and Chad gets like eight flights of beer and I'm, I, I get a beer and I don't really like beer, but I'll drink a beer. And, but nobody like literally like after we got that one drink served, nobody ever came back to us to ask us if we wanted any snacks or food or anything. We just could not get service after that. So I was like, okay, I guess we'll just eat something at the next place. And so we go to the next place and, and it's, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we're not serving any food. We don't serve food till five. And so I'm like now cranky pants. I'm just like, okay, like this is not what I had in mind. And I'm realizing it's like almost, it's, it's like 4 PM and I've had a, a little thing of soup and a protein shake today. And I'm like, and I'm, and I'm drinking and I need food to like absorb some of the alcohol. And I just started like, and I'm like, Veronica, don't get in a bad mood. Don't get in a bad mood. But I'm like, this is not my birthday trip. <laughs> this is not what I wanted for my birthday trip. And I'm just, you know, and, I, but I'm, I also don't want to be a brat, you know, and, and I don't want to emote negative energy. And, you know, and Chad's like taking me on this trip and, you know, I, I don't, I also don't want to ruin his time. Like he wants to go to these breweries. I didn't want to ruin his experience. So I'm trying to like control and hide that I'm getting a little irritated and cranky and hangry. And he's like, you don't look like you're having fun. I'm like, no, I'm having fun. I'm like, I just want something to eat. Like I thought we'd be able to have a drink and something to eat. And so, so anyway, we finish our drink. We walk the 30 minutes back to the hotel and we sat at the bar and had a charcuterie board, which again, saved me. And I got, we got a drink, got a bottle of wine for the room. And, and then I was, I was okay. And then I'm like, we have to find a good restaurant. I'm like, we're going to have a good meal tonight if it freaking kills me. And so we had found this restaurant that, uh, that had a really good menu. And so luckily we walked back there and we were able to get in after just a 20 minute wait. And so I ate such a heavy meal. Cause I was, I was like, you know, when you feel this like food anxiety, like you're not going to be able to get food. I was like, okay, I want the mushroom ravioli. I want the steak frites. Let's have more poutine. And yeah, it was, it was really good. It was very heavy. Then I was like in a coma, food coma, um, but I just, I need, like, we, and we had walked, we'd walked and walked and walked. And so, like, I was starving by then. So, anyway, that was a good meal. And then I ordered, um, you know, a brownie with ice cream for room service that day, that night. So, so that was good. Um, and then the last full day that we had there, we ended up doing the zip lining across uh, Montmorency Falls. And, and, and poor Chad. So my boyfriend's a cancer survivor. He was really sick. He gets, um, you know, he gets really sick, like stomach sick and, you know, has to use the bathroom a lot. And so, you know, it's hard sometimes to be in places that don't have like a bathroom right there. And, um, 
And, but he was, he, he, and he, and he hates heights. He was like scared of heights and he did not, he really did not want to do the zip lining. Um, and I knew he was going to like push through it for me. Uh, and so we ended up like, we, first of all, our appointment was for 11 AM and we could not find, like we saw the falls, but our GPS kept bringing us to the wrong place. So we're getting stressed, we're getting stressed, we're getting stressed, like, we should have figured out how to drive up to the falls, but we ended up deciding to walk. And so basically if you walk, it's like, I don't know, it's probably like at least a mile, like straight uphill up these crazy stairs. So we did that. And, and, and again, I couldn't find my sunscreen that morning. So I had no sunscreen on my arms, which I hate that. I'm so sensitive to the sun anyway. So I knew I was getting burned, but I'm like, whatever we just and and I'm in my head I'm also scared like I'm also scared of the zip lining experience but I wanted to do it it was like after that San Diego trip which was just just drinking I'm like I want good food I want exercise I want activity that's not just drinking and I'm I was like determined to do this and I said to Chad I'm like look you don't have to do this I'm like cuz he he looked miserable he just looked so miserable but we did we we made it up to the top he had a beer first, which was fine. Like, drink your beer. Um, and then, and then we did it. We, we zip lined. If you, again, you follow me on Instagram, I have a video of it. And it was amazing. It was fun. You know, afterwards, he, you know, he was all proud of himself for, for doing it. And, uh, so it was, it was a nice experience. I'm glad that we did it. Uh, we ended up, you know, going back down, um, you know, the stairs and getting back into the car and, driving back and it was you know it was you know it was like 1 p.m by the time we got back uh but i felt good like i'm like we we also had a, a spa appointment that morning the massage was incredible i got a workout in um even before the montmorency so so i had a so even though i ate really heavy during this trip um i also got a lot of exercise in so that was really good uh and then and then let's see, what did we do? So another disappointing meal. <laughs> we we end up going and finding this. Chad wanted to go to this restaurant he had found online. He liked the look of the beers on there. So we go and we're waiting and waiting and waiting in line. We finally get seated. And they 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 ended up giving me this. There was this tuna tataki thing that on the menu that um, I looked really good and and healthy and i was like oh well, why don't i get that plus some onion rings a little balance there and um and they did it for me they weren't supposed to start serving that tuna tataki till four but they they made it for me but the sauce was like i don't know something was off it was very unbalanced it didn't it didn't taste good like whatever sauce they put the tuna was a good quality tuna and i liked the vegetables they had on there but the sauce was not good and then the onion rings were delicious so the onion rings were good um, and then Chad got this pizza that also had like this weird kind of creamy sauce on it. I'm like, what is this? So again, <laughs> another disappointing meal, uh, except for the onion rings, which I mean, onion rings, like that's not special, but whatever. So, um, and then, you know, poor Chad, he just, he wasn't well the rest of the day. So we went back to the hotel. We, I mean, we tried walking around, but he just, he, he was not going to make it. So I, you know, I'm like, I'll just go finish my bottle of wine at the hotel. That's fine. So went back to the hotel. I had a, another glass of wine, got ready. And then, you know, we tried to go out to dinner that night, but 
you know, the restaurants were packed and it just, I don't know, we, he wasn't feeling well. So we ended up just eating a very casual meal back at the hotel bar. Um, and it was, wasn't that great. The wine was good. I had like a, just a burger and fries, which I don't know. They, they, I told them no ketchup on the burger and they still, I think they accidentally put it on and realized it wasn't supposed to be on there then scraped it off. So like the bun still had ketchup on it. Which I'm like, guys, like you're not fooling anyone. Like, there's still ketchup on this burger, which I don't like. Anyway, I'm, I'm very picky as you can see, but I will say the highlight meal of the entire trip was the breakfast that we had. So the rest, the hotel had two restaurants. They had the hotel restaurant, then they had this bougie ass restaurant. We tried to go there for dinner one night. We couldn't get in, but the breakfast, oh, again, it's on my Instagram page. Best breakfast I've ever eaten in my life. The sausages, the eggs, these potatoes, this bread. Oh my God. It was, it was very, it was like a take on an American breakfast, but very French. And just incredible. This tomato that they served with it. I usually don't like raw tomatoes, but the way they prepared this tomato, it was almost like a pico de gallo. And it just it added so much flavor to each bite. Mm. Oh my God, that breakfast. So anyway, okay. So that was probably the highlight. And then, you know, and then we drove back and then we went back to Arizona. So it was a really quick trip. Um, well worth it. You know, we definitely got some good experiences in there. Lots of activity. Um, And so, yeah, so that was my vacation. And so I didn't have a lot of time to really uh, listen to a long podcast, but they did have that episode seven that came came out of that viral podcast series, Fed Up. And so I wanted to do a review on that. So this one was not the, it didn't have the, the regular host that um, that hosted the other, you know, episodes on the series. This one had two women, uh, Brooke and Arisha. They have a podcast called Even the Rich, um, which I did subscribe to. I'm not sure if I'm going to listen to it, but I subscribed to it. So they had these two ladies and they also had a, a reporter from the Daily Beast named Hannah. And Hannah is someone that had reported on the F Factor a while ago. And so the two hosts, you know, talked about, you know, why has this become such a phenomenon? And really it kind of goes beyond the basic like diet culture topics, but it's it's really the bigger issues of like what are the perils of diet culture? And and also, you know, what can we say freely online without being defamatory to people? You know, what are the legal boundaries? You know, how do we make sure we don't get sued ourselves? And so, you know, the hosts were kind of joking around. They're like, this is basically like drama like Bravo Housewives, but with fiber bars and Instagram. And, you know, and and again, it's it's very dramatic, but the bigger, you know, kind of stories here are 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 big. They are freedom of speech, you know, the topic of online bullying, product safety. And so uh so they actually kind of thought that it it had a an element of that Theranos company and and that documentary. I don't know if any of you saw that Theranos uh, HBO did a documentary on it called The Inventor. I've seen this this documentary, I, I don't know, 20 times. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Uh, if, if any of you, I don't know why I like that documentary. I think it's because, you know, as a business owner, you know, I have that cannabis company and I am so scared of ever hurting someone. Like 
any of my recommendations, if anybody even gets a little bit too high, I'm like so scared that I did something. And here's this Theranos company. And you think of like the Purdue Pharma company and these people that were, were lying to investors, lying to, you know, big operators like CVS or I'm sorry, Walgreens about the efficacy of their equipment and the fact that it can run tests on, on people's health. And it's anyway. If you haven't seen it, go and see that documentary. It's so, so, so good. But but the, the point of that is like the irresponsibility behind that. And of course, this isn't as dramatic as that, um, but it is a really fascinating story because it has these these larger elements in it. And so, you know, and, and Hannah, who's the Daily Beast reporter, she she also said and also brings up the this idea of how a company deals with massive PR issues, right? Like what is the appropriate way to handle these things? And 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 it is hard. Like anybody that's owned a company before, you know, you have these things happen. And, you know, I was faced with that during, you know, the the Black Lives Matter movement and the, the hashtag Me Too movement and COVID and all these big things that are happening where how am I, how are, like, I'm responsible for how my company is going to respond. It's scary. It is scary because you're scared of what you're putting out there, but it is important to, to respond. And so, so the hosts kind of talk about, you know, why is everybody determined to like pick a side? Why do we feel like we have to pick a side in this? You know, people are either team Emily or team Tanya and, and, Really, they came to that it's easier for people, you know, like people like to compartmentalize and people like to put people in like buckets uh, so that it's easier to just understand them. Um, and and so and I'm not that person. I, I'm actually not on either Emily or Tanya's side. I'm, I'm kind of I don't know. I, I see I see both sides, actually. Um and I understand why they're they're both polarizing, and and so they the, the hosts asked, you know, how how much does does money and privilege factor into this? Like, is the, the reason that this became such a big story is it because that there was money and privilege involved? And and the Daily Beast reported Hannah thought absolutely big time. You know, Tanya has so many resources and that's the only reason that she can litigate you know litigation is very very expensive it's hard to it's very expensive to sue people and so tanya has the resources to do that so obviously this wouldn't be a court case unless somebody was affluent enough to be able to make those moves and of course tanya's clientele is very wealthy and very white they're privileged and so you know people people are fascinated by that world and so and the hosts are like, well, there's so many similarities between these two women. It's not exactly David and Goliath. I mean, they're both privileged women. And, and, but Hannah kind of saw it the other side. And of course, Hannah did report on the F factor diet in the past. And she definitely didn't seem to be on Team Tanya at all. Um, she, she was like, look, I don't know the bank accounts of these people, but Tanya does seem to have more resources and, and more privileges and more money that she can afford to have these lawsuits. And that unfortunately says something about our justice system, right? Like, why is it that, you know, people that have the resources are able to, you know, prevail and, and have access to the, the, the judicial system in ways that other people don't. And so... 
And so, and, and also, you know, why did, why did she go after Emily versus a big company like Instagram for, for allowing, you know, uh, Instagram trolling? So, um, and, and the hosts agreed with that. They're like, you know, would people, yeah, like, would people even care as much if it's not these two white women with these, you know, inspirational or aspirational lives, like, you know, flitting around and traveling the world and going to Capri and documenting their lives. And, and Hannah was like, you know, yeah, she's like, you know, these are white, wealthy, privileged people. And, and Tanya, especially, you know, she used her, her personal brand to promote this diet. And she brought up the question of whether that's ethical for a registered dietitian to do that, right? It kind of says, you know, if you eat this way, this is going to be your lifestyle. And that's why a lot of people, you know, are, are attracted to that kind of diet because it promotes this, this dream of a lifestyle that you can have if you achieve this weight loss. And so the hosts are like, okay, well, what do you think, you know, did diet culture and, and the diet culture movement, did that play a part in this? And, and Hannah's like, yeah, you know, this was really perfect timing. She's like, the, this, the COVID hit, there was this influx of anti-diet culture happening. There were attacks against, you know, wealthy white influencers and, and also there's an age difference, right? There's this generational difference. You know, Tanya is, is from an older generation. She's about a decade older than Emily when dieting was more accepted and much more ingrained into the, into our psyches. Whereas Emily is more of a millennium, millennial who, and millennials are, are definitely more the body positivity, body acceptance, um, you know, not giving into the patriarchy and this idea of, of what, you know, we society deems we should look like. And so, and, and, you know, Hannah asks, like, what do you guys think? Do you think that this generational gap it, you know, has played a part as well. And the host agreed. She's like, they're like, absolutely. You know, when you look at like Gen X or you look at the, like the baby boomer generation and then Gen X, you know, they are, and that's, you know, Gen X is my generation. Um, you know, we did grow up with this expectation that we should look like Victoria's Secret models or, you know, the Kate Moss, you know, waif era, diet pills, weight watches, like all this, you know, the fat free movement and all of these things that we were ingrained with. Millennials and Gen Z, they're much more, you know, accepting. They are now, I have heard some different things though, because, because social media is so prevalent. I have heard that there's an uptick of, of body dysmorphia and eating disorders amongst millennials. I don't know the statistics. I don't know if that's actually true and the data points to this still being a massive issue, but I mean, I'm sure it is in, in some regards. Um, but I do think certainly that the younger generations, the millennials and the Gen Z, they definitely are at least more aware of what diet culture is trying to do. And, and, and the fact that everybody is beautiful and beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. And, you know, we, it's impossible for everybody to look like this, 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 you know, it's Victoria's Secret cutout that that was put in front of us as as the ideal. It's it's all bullshit. So, 
anyway, I, I do think that that's good. And I, and, and the hosts and Hannah from the Daily Beast, they kind of agree that, you know, the TikTok era, like all the, the newer generation is definitely less into this diet culture mentality than the older generation. So again, that played a part. And they did have a, a registered dietitian speak. Her name's Christy Harrison. Um, she wrote an anti-diet book and she has a podcast called Food Psych. Again, I, I did subscribe to that. I'll probably do some reviews on that after I get a chance to listen to, to some of them. Um, but she, and she's known, uh, Christy's known for like intuitive eating and, and helping women kind of get out of this disordered eating mentality. And so, you know, she brought up the question of like, is dieting good for health? And, and she talked about, you know, some of the bad things about dieting is dieting can create cycles of weight gain and weight loss. And, and those cycles of weight gain and weight loss are actually have been proven scientifically to be bad for your health. Um, and then of course there's weight stigma and how, you know, the stigma of, of, of being fat and, and, ha- and having extra weight on your body increases the stress response in people. And then of course there's the factors that poverty and racism play. Um, all of these contribute to this, this cycling of weight loss, weight gain, which is overall bad for our health. Hannah briefly brought up this uh, Wagovi new drug on the market that's being used. It's, it's really a diabetic drug that's being, well, there's, there's, Wigovi is, is a weight loss drug. It's, it's, was taken off of, um, and created in different doses from a diabetic drug. Uh, but apparently a lot of rich people are, are paying for this drug and there, there's a shortage in this country, uh, for this diabetic drug that people are now losing for weight loss. And so anyway, I'm, I am going to do a, an episode on that after I research it a little bit more. Um, I think Jenny Hutt just did an episode on this. So I do want to, I do want to talk about it. Um, but anyway, Christy, the RD gets back on and then she talked about the dangers of social media and that social media encouraged us to, to, to like to present this image of ourselves, this version of ourselves in this very specific way so that we're influencing people. But then we also get influenced in return by how people respond to us. And that in turn can put more pressure on us to like be that person. You know, if I'm showing weight loss online, like I have to keep that up. Um, Mari Llewellyn actually talked about that, how she can feel some pressure to like always be fit and always be like on point. I, I would feel pressure. I mean, that's why I'm like, I like the brand that I'm, I'm creating here. It's like, you know, we, we eat what we want. We work out. So we try to battle the bulge, <laughs> like, you know, and, and definitely not perfect in any way. So, uh, but I can, I can understand how people would feel pressured. I mean, I've thought about that, like with some of my friends who are fitness influencers, and that's why I never could be a personal trainer or a Pilates instructor or because I've thought about getting a certification of some kind in fitness. And I'm like, oh, to do that day in, day out, I, I would just get burnt out of that. And also like having to show up and be fit and be cheery online all the time. Like, don't you sometimes want to talk about like just eating greasy food in your bed because you're hungover? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just... For me, that would put pressure on me. And I can, I, I do understand this point that Christie's making here. Um, and she, and, and Hannah brought up that 
you know, that Instagram is incredibly harmful, especially to children, and that it's been proven that Instagram is is serving these harmful messages. And and then they talk about all the accounts that talk about, you know, what I eat in a day, and, you know, I lost five pounds, and this is what I eat. And I mean, Hannah was talking about how she was bored with that. I mean, I, I do understand it's like, if you're saying, like, there was this one account that I, I think is, is a culprit of this. Like, I, there's some accounts that are just like, I don't know, it's, it's more aspirational what they eat in a day. And I, I just am curious, but there was this one account that I read. She's like, this is what I eat in a day, uh, living as a model in LA. And it was like, it was so lame. And it was, you know, it was a girl that was eating these really like super clean, very, very car- low carb um, meals. I mean, the, her entire day was definitely less than like 1200 calories. And I mean, and she would take a picture of her like rib showing super, super, super skinny. That I think is is what they're talking about and what they're, what the backlash is about. I think like Jenny Hutt, for example, I mean, she does what she eats in a day, but she's like, I eat my nibble bread. I eat my, you know, and she'll, I eat, I ate ice cream today and she gets her steps in and she's really talking about maintaining her 70 pound weight loss. And I think those are two very different images of influencers on social media, putting out the, out what they eat for a specific um, result. And I can see how one could be harmful, but I can see how the other one, in my opinion, isn't harmful. So there are subtle differences in these accounts and what they're putting up there. Like I show what I eat in a day and sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it's not. I think like Taylor Strecker talks about a lot, like she can't stand these Victoria's Secret models that talk about eating dessert and eating burgers. And she's like, they don't actually do that. Like F that. But she does have a, a another model friend who tells her the truth. She's like, I'm starving. She's like, I'm starving. Uh, you know, and she says, I can't have any butter. I can't have any salt. It's torture, but I do it because it's my job. And Taylor's like, if you're torturing yourself, tell me, you know, because you know, the fact that these people are saying that they look like this, even though they eat like, and they're they're not telling the truth. So I do think that, you know, putting, putting out there, like what you do for workouts or what you do for food, I I don't know. I don't think that it's always harmful. I think there's ways to do it that can be helpful to some people. And I think there's other ways that it can be presented that can be harmful. So and also, we do have to turn away from things that trigger us. So there is some personal account- accountability in that. But um, sorry about that. Uh, but they did uh, talk about the, um, like, they, they just were kind of digging into this, like how there's all these accounts that are like my keto journey, um, you know, people want to see what, what they're eating. And, you know, the host and, and Hannah were kind of going back saying how weird that is and, you know, how, like, why do people stare at women and, and comment on what they eat? And I mean, look, I think humans are always going to be wanting to look at other people. And I don't know, I, I like looking, I'm, I'm a people person. I, I'm a voyeur. I, that's why I like reality TV so much. I'm, I like to look at people's lives, celebrities, regular people. I don't know. I'm fascinated by people. And I'm also fascinated by what they eat. 
And I don't think that that comes because I restrict myself all the time or because I have disordered eating habits. I think it's because of my culture. Like I just, I like food. I like talking about food. I come from an Italian culture. I just think that that's who I am. So I do, I do understand that there are people out there that are so obsessed with food like I am because they're restricting themselves and because it's making them more obsessed with food because, because of that disordered eating you know, mentality. So again, I see both sides of it. I, for my own personal, like who I am and what I put out there and why I put out there, it's, it's, I, I think it's tied to my culture. So that's just me. Um, so I don't know, the, the hosts were just kind of going on and on talking about how, you know, no one's really presenting them their true selves on social media. You know, everybody has a filter and, and Hannah was like, yeah, and, and there's a lot of people that just think being rich is the way to go. You know, being rich is a strategy, strategy for skincare, being rich is the strategy for child rearing, being rich, you know, you can afford the best of the best everything. So that's what you should do is figure out a way to be rich. And, and yeah, I mean, certainly social media absolutely glorifies wealth and and privilege and these aspirational lives that make the rest of us think that oh this is something that i should be striving for this is something that should be within my reach and and again i think that that could be good for some people and really harmful for other people's mental health um and so hannah talked about uh the daily beast reporter talked about what about these accountability accounts you know uh, do you think that they're bullying accounts and and I think she what she's talking about is the, the F Factor facts, the EG Truth twenty twenty. I follow these accounts now. The EG Truth twenty twenty definitely is very against Emily, and F Factor facts is is more. I mean, it started out being in between them, not really understanding what was happening. And, and now she is on Tanya's side, and we do know who's behind that account, but we still don't know who's behind EG, EG Truth 2020 or whatever that account is. I, I am very curious. I mean, I wanted to DM her and be like, who are you? I'm so curious. Um, because she's so, I mean, she literally, she does troll Emily. I mean, she's, it's, it's definitely a troll account. Um, and, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's entertaining because, but this, this whoever, whoever's running that account must have, it must be multiple people or this person, like this has got to be their full-time job because it's, I mean, that's, it seems like that's what they're doing all day. So, and the hosts are like, look, you know, we get DMs too, but if people are doing and posting things anonymously, they're not showing their face, they are just constantly attacking one person and they just will not show themselves that's that's where it kind of veers off into that bullying account versus just an accountability account um and of course you know people do want to be anonymous when they're putting you know putting out something like you know a lot of the people that contacted emily were anonymous and emily had to be like look i can't deal with anonymous people anymore i need like verified facts you know and that's and emily's facing a lot of lawsuits because she did post anonymous things so, so then the question comes up of, you know, what is actually allowed on the internet? You know, how do you avoid a defamation lawsuit? Because that's happening left and right now. I mean, look at the whole Johnny and, and Amber Heard trial. So this attorney came on and his name was Aaron. 
And he, he brought up this idea of the fact that, you know, influencers today have a lot of power. You know, someone like Emily, who, you know, sees herself as a watchdog and wants to call attention to what she deems harmful, you know, that could be a really good thing. But, but when, when does it reach a point where the watchdog is actually hurting, right? How do you determine whether the watchdog is actually helping or hurting? Because when you look at it, really, both parties have commercial interests. You know, Tanya has the commercial interest of her diet and her products and her revenue numbers and, um, you know, her Instagram. And Emily, you know, a lot came out about her saying that she wanted to be famous, that she wanted to, you know, be on a reality show. Um, and, and, and so, you know, she certainly, you know, well known now. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about her. You know, she was in the New York Times. She was, you know, been featured in this podcast. And you can see that she is getting some sort of joy over that as much as this must be really stressful. And then she's also selling a ton of products, a ton of merchandise, like through her Instagram, um, you know, to pay for the the case. And, you know, who knows if it's enough to cover it, who knows if she's making excess. But regardless, the point was a good one in that both parties do have a commercial interest here. And so uh, apparently, uh, Emily, now, a judge could have thrown out this whole lawsuit. But they, the judge did allow this lawsuit to continue, um, based on a law called Section 230. And Aaron, the attorney, described that Section 230 is a law that was enacted in 1996 that allows websites not to be held for liable for third, for posting third party content. And, and Emily was saying that since it's not her content, she should be protected. You know, she was just sharing screenshots, but it's not her content. It's third-party content. Erin explained that the judge rejected that because she had chosen to share the content as an editorial choice. And so Section 230 doesn't apply. But he did actually disagree with that decision by the judge. He said that websites routinely make editorial choices and they are always, they've always traditionally been protected by that law. He said, so this is a little bit of an interesting case where the judge ruled the other way. Um, and then the host talked about, okay, so that's, that's one thing, but that doesn't apply to, you know, what an influencer might film themselves and say themselves about someone else. And, you know, and, and they talked about how, you know, the Emily and Tanya were just throwing insults back and forth at each other, you know, and you hear their voices coming on, like, she's a menace to society. You know, she's a crazy, delusional person. She's nasty. She's bitter. She's miserable. I mean, these are both Emily and, and Tanya throwing these insults at each other. And, and the question is, you know, when does that become illegal, right? Are you allowed to go on and verbally berate somebody, call them a dum-dum? And Aaron, you know, brought that up as an, as an example. He's like, most personal insults are not illegal or defamatory. And basically it comes down to, you know, the, because you can't prove, like if somebody come, calls you dum-dum on the line, um, online, there's like no subjective way to prove that someone is a dum-dum. So, or objective way to prove that someone is a dum-dum. And so it's not an actual legal matter. And so, yeah, you can't call, sue somebody for calling you dum-dum. So <laughs> apparently we can go and insult people on the internet. And so... Uh, Hannah talked about, you know, they're kind of just talking about, you know, how will this play out? Will it continue to play out? And of course, 
you know, everybody thinks it will because obviously there is going to be a decision made in these these lawsuits. And of course, they're constantly going back and forth on social media. No one's calling a truce. The hosts are like, I would be exhausted by now. I, you know, I, I would just want to say, hey, I'm exhausted. Uh, let's let's end this. And and, you know, you you would think that um, the hosts think that this has become part of their identity, you know, like this existential, you know, mission for them. But I personally think that, you know, there's a lot of ego, there's a lot of pride tied up in this, there's a lot of anger, and, you know, those those emotions do not serve you at all. You know, I, I've learned through personal experience that ego is the enemy. Uh, it's my favorite book by Ryan Holiday. Uh, I constantly try to control my own ego because ego is destructive, Anytime I start swirling in negativity, it's because of my ego. It's because I'm thinking about how somebody wronged me and how I want to get back at them. And I have to, and I feel my body fill with this toxic energy. And I just have to say, Veronica, stop thinking about that. Think about something positive because it really is a horrible emotion. And, and so while I think there must be a part of I mean, Emily and Tanya both feel wronged. They both feel bullied. They both feel like the other is, you know, very harmful to society. And so they both feel very justified in their actions. So, you know, this will play out. I am fascinated who will win this this case. Apparently, discovery is is happening now. And so we will find out. Uh, so I'm going to not do any more fed up information or reviews until that verdict comes out, I promise. So I just had to do this last one. But um, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, I am going to do another um, Jenny Hutt review soon because I think she just tackled that Wagovi uh, drug, that diabetic weight loss drug. So I'm a little curious about that. And she usually has some experts on there and some scientific literature. So that will probably be my next episode. I also have another Diet Starts Tomorrow with Jared Freed I want to do. So lots of good content coming. Um, please follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Um, if you have any topics you want to share, um, if you have any opinions on anything I've said, please share them. I'm happy to talk about them on here if you'd like to me to mention you. Um, also please, um, leave a review for this podcast. So wherever you listen to podcasts, if you can just scroll down to the bottom and leave some stars or leave a comment, I would very much appreciate it. And until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.